watch a movie? I think we watched a movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so welcome everyone to Pen Pen Pals. We are doing our coverage of the Evangelion movies. Uh, this is number 2.22. You cannot advance. I'm Alex. This is Blixa. And no Ben, he's abandoned us uh, for an undisclosed location where he is, I mean, probably doing nefarious things. Um, but in his stead, we have brought on a real expert on anime and a first time meeting between or with Blixa. Please welcome Tanya. Yay, hi. Thanks for lying about my credentials. Really <laughs> Pretty stern accusations. So you are real. Like, it wasn't dispute. <laughs> no, um, you know, actually, I he paid me $50 to be here. So. <laughs> Her name's actually awesome. Tasha. Yeah. I'm not real, so it's fine. But she's a hell of an actress, so we're happy to have her on. Mm, all right. Uh, yeah, so has anything been new with you? Tanya, before we get down to business, have, I, we know you're super into anime. Are you keeping up with the current anime season? Is there manga you're going through? What What's in Tanya's world? Uh, Tanya's world is currently all focused on my upcoming directing gig. Oh, oh. You're directing anime for the first time, finally? <laughs> no, unfortunately, I'm directing real people in real uh, theater. Uh, so I... Tomorrow actually starts uh, rehearsals for Romeo and Juliet. And uh, if you're in California and you're in the Bay Area, uh, Silicon Valley Shakespeare in June, aka Pride Month, we're doing big old lesbian Romeo and Juliet. <gasps> oh my God. I love it. Do you want to pitch it real quick? I mean, I can talk more about it at the end. That's fair. And a play, theater. That's like when you take a movie, but you do it in real life, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot of words because um, there was this guy named Shakespeare and he just loved to talk. And mm. so uh, it's just a bunch of people saying a bunch of words and some death scenes, you know, thrown in there here and there. Mm. But I know Romeo and Juliet is a show that no one's heard of or seen or done. So I know that it'll be shocking for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe you misspoke and you were talking about Romulus and Remus, but Romeo and Juliet. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of Shakespeare from Star Trek. You've not experienced Shakespeare until you have read him in the original Klingon. Yeah, <laughs> that's where that's where he got his start. <laughs> he owes his career to Patrick Stewart. Oh, so. uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, sorry, I'm very silly. Okay, well, that's cool. I'm glad mm -hmm. you have big things on the horizon. We brought you here to talk about a big thing for us, which is this second Evangelion rebuild movie. I don't know exactly how we want to go into this. Do I want to do a last time on and then we just go talk about it? Or do you want to set us up here real quick, Blixa? I am dying to hear what the last time on is. Well, don't get your hopes up. Because these movies are weird. Last time on Evangelion, not alone in the dark. Our story started again with a shy schoolboy, manipulative mentor, fascist father, and much higher production values. The angels attacked, Shinji got in the robot, and Rei got groped before asserting herself and saving Shinji's ass. Not much has changed except the face of Lilith, but one question remains. Are enhanced visual effects all these films have to offer? Let's find out. <laughs> okay. 
You look like you have something to say, Tanya. <laughs> Do you have a reaction to that? Well, well, first, I have questions for our guest. Yeah. So you watched movie two. Have you seen movie one? Nope. <laughs> Perfect. This is yeah. this is my MO when I come on this show. I don't watch anything else except for what you tell me to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go into these completely blind. I don't do any research and I just am an agent of chaos. All right. Well, I want to hear some chaos. What, what was your impression of this thing? Uh, it's not bad. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a lot of I have a lot of notes that I'm sure we'll get into. But uh, if you've listened to any of the other episodes that I've been on, most of my rants come from a feminist perspective. And so a lot of my notes boil down to why is she naked? And there's room for that here. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I will point out, Alex, I don't know if you remember the last episode that I came on to. It was the darling. It was one of the darling ones. Um, and the title of that one was like, you can't touch a river twice or something. So I appreciate that every time I get invited on the title is like telling me I can't do something. (laughs) (laughs) Like you cannot advance effing watch me movie. (laughs) Uh, but why is it 2.22? This makes me feel like it's an iOS update and like this is a bug fix. <laughs> we added stickers to iMessage. Well, uh, I've got a theory, but I don't have anything definitive. Wait, what? Okay, go ahead. Oh, well, do you know? Do you know the answer? No, like, it, I mean, I guess I don't know the answer, but it seems very, even if there's no symbolic meaning, like it's very literal, right? Like this is... Like if you were to divide the series into parts, like one, two, three, this would be part two, but it is a new version of it, an updated version, much like uh, a program, a widget update, right? It's 2.22. Mm-hmm. This is not the same things that happened in the part two of the show. But why point two two? Because it sounds good. Because they're angel numbers. Oh, that's why, because they're angel numbers. Okay. One, 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 and two, two, two. Those are like, this is just like playing into the mythology. But I still don't appreciate them telling me that I can't advance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where the uh, parentheses things came from. Yeah, it may also be telling you that you can advance. You know, it's only parenthetically telling you you can't. Much like patriarchy. That seems more nefarious, honestly. Right, doesn't it? They're telling me I can't advance, but I can't really because I'm a woman. Exactly. How do you think Asuka feels? I don't know how that bitch feels. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't know how she feels, let's be honest. Yeah, that's also true. Okay, yeah, we start off with our new pilot. Yeah, Uh, so cold open, we don't know who that is. But one of the first things she says is about her boobs, so that's good. Hmm. The very first thing she says is, oh my gosh, this new suit squishes my boobs. Which reminds me very much of uh, the time NASA sent a woman into space for like a week and they gave her a hundred tampons and they were like, is this enough? And it's just every like space slash engineering program where they're like, oh shit, a woman's going to pilot this. We don't know what a woman's body is. Is this, does this work? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But what if this character is a trans woman new on HRT and is now hyper aware of how everything touches their breasts? because their nipples are sensitive and sore all the fucking time. That's very fair. We learned so little about this character. That that's no, that's just me projecting my life experience <laughs> on everything right now. Okay. <laughs> right. Back to the show. <laughs> but this, so nobody informed you, but this young pilot, this new pilot, like she knows what the hell she's doing. She's a hotshot pilot right off the bat. She 
takes down this angel in a very cinematic and destructive way that just completely destroys the Ava she's using. And presumably the base they were supposed to stop this thing from getting to or Mm -hmm. destroying. But like everything's gone, right? It's like maximum damage, Uh, which I guess is what people were looking for from these films was like big uh, visual effects. Because I guess the end of Evangelion got a good, you know, audience feedback review, the visualization of everything. And so I bet they just leaned into that, or at least the corporate heads must have leaned into that. So I have I have a question for you all because the one thing that I loved that she did was she's like in her Ava and she's like going to like fight. She's like singing some dumb little song to herself because she's like by herself. And I don't even remember what it was. But like okay, what song are you guys singing to yourselves in your Ava? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right off the bat, mine's probably like some random Bob's Burgers Boys For Now song. <laughs> oh shit. So what's your what's your gonna go fight an angel singing to yourself song? Mm, damn. That's a big question. You didn't expect me to ask the tough questions on this podcast. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, I'm gonna let Alex go first. Singing the general die dispatch, but it's kind of antithetical. I mean, unless I was like, all right, everybody else, you stop fighting. And I got this. I got this angel, motherfucker. <laughs> um, this is going to be really cheesy and embarrassing. So maybe we'll edit this out, too. <laughs> it's going to be a really short episode. Is it Barbie Girl by Aqua? <laughs> That's a better answer. I was thinking of like, what's what's the uh, America's top singer, idol <laughs> lady? Kelly Clarkson? Yes, there's a Kelly Clarkson song. Since you've been gone? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Uh, so what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when I'm procrastinating to like clean the house, I'll put that on. Ben's going to be very <laughs> upset at the new direction of the podcast. <laughs> well, that's Ben's fault for not being here. <laughs> Okay, cool. That's that was I just thought that that was really cute because I don't know. Sometimes I feel like you don't make these kids human. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a nursery rhyme or something. Yeah, right? it was definitely like some kind of kid song. Okay, so, so yeah, my my only other thought about this opening scene, it kind of felt like Anno just like really driving it home that he's trying to do something new. Mm-hmm. You know, cold open, a character that we don't know, scenario we don't know. Yeah, and it's a new like design type. It has like four legs, and then it has like a mounted lance, as opposed to all the others seem to be more much more modular with their weaponry. Mm-hmm. So if you if you didn't know what you were watching, the only indicator would be that it says Evangelion on the visor. Yeah. <laughs> One of the last things she says is I'm alive. So at least there's that. And I just put in my notes, that's me every day. <laughs> <laughs> but our impression is supposed to be that she's kind of a psychopath, right? Mm-hmm. She is by far my favorite character in this movie. Yeah. OK, we should talk about that. <laughs> but the. Uh, what is it called? The juxtaposition? Like Kaji saying he felt guilty about using a kid. And then we cut to Mari going like, I feel guilty about using adults to yeah. for, her, for her thrills. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's somehow linked with Kaji. Oh, my gosh. That's so disturbing. Yeah, I hate that guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, but she does defeat this angel. She lives. She talks to Kaji. And then we get to see... Uh, the rows upon rows of graves, and it's the Gendo and Shinji scene again at uh, Yui's grave, right? There's nothing really different. It's not a happy time for either of them. It should be like this bonding, but there's like a, a, a communication gap that they can't 
uh, or at least Gendo is unwilling to uh, uh, cross. And then Masato uh, is there to support Shinji and to, I guess she brought him, right? Because she's his caretaker. And her phone goes off for the first time. And her phone is a fucking King Ghidra trill. Yeah. So I was like, wait, how are you ripping off these sound bites from this other company? And then I thought, oh my gosh, wasn't there a thing about a Godzilla and uh, Evangelion crossover? It was just like a promotional thing. It was just like mm-hmm. a, a marketing campaign. But maybe that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Anno is just a huge Godzilla fan. It is really cute because the the King Ghidra trail goes off as her cell phone and then we immediately go to the next angel and Asuka's introduction and the music is very uh, I mean they use some music like this in the show but it could have been straight out of a Godzilla film mm-hmm. it sounded real good. This is this is my first note of sick, sick guitar solo bro. Uh, <laughs> 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 the red Ava. It's just like this like guitar wail. And I'm like, <laughs> but I do want to say, like, going back to like the previous scene, at one point, I forget her name. What is her name? The woman driving that's like their caretaker. Masato. Yeah. She's a she's like, oh, stop moping around. Wasn't it great to like go see him? And I'm like, yes, lady, meeting my emotionally distant father in an empty grave for my dead mother <laughs> really is much better than moping in my room. And then he has the line, Sinji has the line, being honest only brings pain and misery. And I said, <laughs> God damn, do I love a morose Victorian child. <laughs> <laughs> so what a therapist calls a gold mine. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, then we get a sick guitar solo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we get reminded that uh, Gendo got rid of everything related to Yui. No pictures, no nothing. So yeah. uh, Shinji can't even remember really what his mom looks like. Well, and his dad even says in the graveyard, he's like, this grave is also just for show. She's not actually buried here. And I'm like, this is great. Emotionally, this is great for everyone. Yeah, Gendo sucks. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, so we're going to jump right into meeting Asuka. All right. What is Asuka's nationality? German. Okay, great. But that's complicated. Well, well, it's just because like they, I, I mean, in this, in this film, they don't really ever say where she's like from specifically. And she just kept talking about like, when she sees the room later on, she's like, oh, these Japanese dorm style rooms. I hate these. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, where, where are you from? Germany. They got some room. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're known for. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that is something, right? These movies, these rebuild movies, you do lose a lot of this detail. I think the, the people producing the film probably just assumed everyone has seen this series. There's a lot of stuff that's not explained in this movie. And so I just kind of assumed that they're banking on people already having foreknowledge. Oh, sure. And they may have even kept it vaguer because they say like that's unit two coming in from maybe they say Europe. Uh, They also they changed her last name for the film. Wait, what? What's her last name in the series? Her name is Asuka Langley Soryu. Yeah, that's not her name in this. Okay, what is it? I don't know. It's just a, it's just a Japanese name. Okay. What? Asuka Langley Shikinami. So is she not even German in this? I don't know. No one knows. I don't even know her anymore. That's fine. But this is Asuka 2.22. That's true. You know how earlier when I said I like that other girl and you're like, we need to talk. The fact that you like Asuka, we need to talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we meet Kaji. Kaji is still a creep. Shinji says he feels like Urashima Taro. The fuck is that? Uh, you know, if Ben was here, 
uh, Urashima Taro. Oh, it comes right up. Protagonist in a Japanese fairy tale, uh, Otogi Banashi. The Fisher Lad. Oh, see, that feels like a reference to the series of like Asuka's debut episode. Oh, The Fisherman. Yeah. Ah. She kills a big fish angel in the show. It's very impressive. You'd love it. Nice. Yeah. But this angel that we see for this scene, it reminds me of one of those toys that like dips, like the ostrich that dips its beak into the drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, that's funny. yeah. And it gives us our secret core mechanic that we're going to see a bunch. It'll be, there'll be a bunch of moments where they're like, all right, you beat the angel. And then it'll be like, nope. That was a decoy core. You're like, God damn it. Fuck you. I also enjoy these biblically accurate angels. <laughs> the angels in the Bible are just creepy as shit. So this is great for me. Be not afraid because we look terrifying. <laughs> we have 450 eyes. It's not, it's not attractive. But Kaji's up to the same shit, even though he is in contact with Mari. So I guess now he's not in contact with Asuka, he's not even like a uh, part of her life. Very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the film where it starts to change. Yes. So he delivers not Adam, but the key of Nebuchadnezzar. Well, I don't know what they're trying to do. Are, are they just using like religiously charged terms for like theater and flavor? Mm-hmm. Or is it supposed to suggest something like Nebuchadnezzar was like the, the dream king, you know, had the vision of the statue with like feet of clay and like legs of bronze and something of iron. I don't know. It's supposed to represent like the different empires. Sure. Sure. Which one is America? (laughs) The one made of dog shit. Uh, (laughs) Don't edit that out. (laughs) Real pushy to the editor. (laughs) Sorry. Um, It's just funny. Yeah. But like they, they throw out that name, but like it doesn't seem to like really connect to anything else. Yeah. Well, I just enjoy that one of the very first things that he says, and I even texted Alex about this when I was watching it because mm-hmm. I hated it so much. Uh, he's talking to Sinji, and I guess he's, he's talking about the girl. I can never remember her name. Their handler. Misada. Misada. Uh, he says, you're not the only one that knows what she wears to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. Gross. You are talking to a child. Stop mm-hmm. it. <laughs> And then, like, he goes to the doctor, the female doctor, and, like, puts his arm around her. And he's like, did mm-hmm. you lose weight? And she's like, no, I gained a few pounds, actually. And he's like, I'd like to check that myself. That's what ladies love to hear. I hate this guy. I hate him so much. He's icky, and I never want him to come back ever again. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't think it's the same voice actor, but it reminded me a lot of, like, Spike Spiegel. Mm. And the way he's drawn feels very Spike Spiegel to me. Mm-hmm. And... uh it just made me think about like all these typical like cool guys in anime like shonens and how they're just a bunch of stupid fucks. Well, and yeah, and like <laughs> the women in the show seem to like be fine with it. Mm. Like, okay. Well, their their choices are not great on this show. You can yeah. you can sleep with a fascist or an old man or two flunkies, one of whom has long hair and one has glasses. Uh, the support crew, they're pretty nice people, I think. They are pretty nice people. But they're fodder, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get attached. Every time they survive, you're like, really? Wow. Maybe yeah. this is a different show. You know they come to work on Monday, and she's like, oh, you're here. Okay, <laughs> great. We solved the angel. Of course you did. Great job. Proud of you. So are we supposed to hate Kajin? 
I hope so. Yeah, I think we're always supposed to hate Kaji. Um, okay, Asuka changes everything. She comes to live with them. Uh, and we get this scene where Ray is living alone or still living alone. It highlights that. And uh, Asuka meets Pen Pen for the first time and has the same like meeting with Pen Pen where it's in the shower and rushes out and is like, oh, God, what is this thing? There's a monster in the and everyone nonchalantly is like, oh, that's Pen Pen. It's fine. Calm down. And it was the first time I wrote and she's naked. So how old is she? 14 yeah all right that's what i thought great Ew, mm-hmm. gross. Mm-hmm. um and the thing is there is one very clever shot that mm-hmm. if she had been an adult and there was any reason for her to be naked i would have been like that was clever and like she's standing and there's a couple beer cans <laughs> covering her body <laughs> and then someone moves one of the beer cans and so the only thing covering her nipples is a straw yeah. from another beer can and it's just like that motion and that shot that was really cool and really well done and i thought it was a creative thing but i was like could this have happened in a more appropriate setting maybe no it couldn't no. <laughs> why is she I, naked great i will say uh I do feel like part of that is just a cultural thing. I think in Japan, they're just looser with all that lewd kind of humor. And I was watching this with my kids and they both did, did laugh at that scene. Right. <laughs> okay. So, but you know, it's juvenile humor, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You watch this with your kids? Yeah. Damn. My son's begging to watch Attack on Titan. And I said, no. So I do have some boundaries. <laughs> Titans are my trigger. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta watch that again. Titan abridged. Very good. Anyways, uh, lost where we are. Well, Asuka's naked because why? Why wouldn't she be? Um, and then at like one point, like oh no, maybe this is maybe that's a different thing. But doesn't she like? Isn't Shin- Shinji cooking? And she like roundhouse kicks nakedly the pan out of his hand. Or something. Yes. <laughs> I was like, and then someone points out that she's naked, and then she gets embarrassed. And I'm like, girl. Girl. She feels a lot of stuff and she tries to always make it look like she doesn't feel anything. Yeah, that's fair. But she has, so we also get this doll. She has this scene, Chinji tries to call Gendo, but in the other room, she's feeling lonely. She doesn't really have anyone, even though she has roommates now. And she talks to this little like hand puppet doll. And that's something we don't get till much later in the series. And I will say my note, in this was this feels really out of place. I feel like this should be later in the storyline. Oh, okay. We have only had her in two scenes so far Mm -hmm. and she has been zero to 60 bitch. Like Mm -hmm. that's it. And then suddenly with no hint, rhyme or reason, she's got a doll that she is like talking to herself with in the dark. And it is very sad. Mm -hmm. And I just, I need more character development from her before I get that scene. Okay. All right. Well, maybe you and I should watch the series sometime, (laughs) but, but they, they give her this doll early or they, and they highlight the doll in this very, you know, shortened version of the story. And I thought that was very deliberate because she is even more than in the series. I think she's her her character is going to be treated like a doll, like she's going to be moved around. She loses her autonomy later in this because mm-hmm. it's not just Shinji that is violated in that scene. Right. Literally all. Of them. And a doll is often a symbol of, you know, lost autonomy, someone who can't make their own decisions. 
Um, and also the way the doll was, because I was trying to figure out her nationality. I also, I, I actually pegged her as Russian because it looks like a little Russian peasant doll. I would um, love her to be Russian. That would be oh. so darling. Cause her color is red. Yes. Her color is red. And she has like the little like buns on her head sometimes with like, which is also kind of a Russian thing. And like, you know, nope, never mind. I was wrong. Psych. <laughs> she could be the Soviet Ava pilot. For anybody who's a drag f- race fan, she's the Katya. You slip that shit in everywhere. I will work Katya into every conversation. <laughs> I love her. You just reminded me of the the comment I wanted to make about the first scene when Mari, we meet Mari, and like her Ava's like skating around. So like roller derby is another like sort of like ch- like trans trope, you know. And that was the other thing that popped into my head. So maybe I was like mistakenly like reading too much like trans coding in that character. Oh, I love it. Mm. Well, it's canon now. So congrats. <laughs> Roller Derby, also a lesbian trope, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. The que- the queer ladies do love their, their Roller Derby. Disproportionate representation. Very cool. <laughs> love it. Okay. Uh, so Dawn breaks over Tokyo 3. We get like, they're using a lot of solar power, which is cool, which... I don't know if that was supposed to be a little bit of just hope or like bright new day because this uh, they go straight in from this like society, you know, the city kind of working normally in the midst of all this calamity and these monster attacks. And then they go straight to their field trip and the field trip is like, hey, we're trying to reestablish oceanic biospheres and like, look at all this hope that we have, children. Which it actually answered a question that I had earlier because my I wrote down it was like why is the water red? <laughs> like we had all this red water and everything. I was like, what is this? Is this just a world where the water is red? But now I'm like, oh, got it. Also, I love the montage of them having to get disinfected and Pen Pen the penguin is my favorite part of this entire section. Yeah, <laughs> like the whole montage, she's just kind of floating around. It's really great. He's my favorite too. He's our mascot. I know. So I got a question about this. Uh, I don't know if it is ever confirmed in the series, but there was suspicions about puppet strings being pulled about the experiences these kids are thrown into and how they're paired or separated. You know, like, why is Asuka going to live with Shinji? Why didn't Asuka go live with Rei? And like, it's not a class field trip. It's just a handful of these kids. It's these Ava pilots and then- The extras. The sidekicks, you know, R2 and C-3PO. Yeah. Yeah. What and I, I had to ask, like what what is their they're just they're just there? Kentake like, and Toji? Don't get me wrong. I like them, but like are they just they just exist? They're fanboy stand-ins. Okay. Uh right. Toji represents a more typical masculine sports-centered fanboy, and uh uh Kensuke represents a more cosplay-y, nerdy, lore-y fanboy. Um, two staple demographics for uh, shonen anime. Okay, but they don't actually have like in the storyline. Yeah. So anyone who's like seen the series at this point, they might be expecting Toji to be playing a real specific role in the story that's going to unfold. Mm-hmm. So they get decontaminated. Uh, Pen Pen speaks to like all of these Pen Pen these penguin subjects. Like he's their general. He and they all like go ape shit for him they're like yes pen pen it's because he's on the outside <laughs> yeah you think that's they're it? all caged 
caged up and he's on the outside living a life and he's come to say, hey, you can have this life. I feel like he's a capitalist stand in and he's like, you work hard. You can get out of that cage and you can have this life. Look what you've done, Alex. Pen Pen would never work for the capitalist. How dare you? You have a capitalist mascot. I hope you're happy with yourself. Never, never, never. He has risen above. Yeah, and he's lording at all the other oh, penguins no. who are poor and in captivity. He's not a penguin proletariat. <laughs> and Penn does live a pretty comfortable life. Oh, no, with beer and refrigerators. Well, and so in one of the previous scenes before we get to Asuka talking to herself like a crazy person with the doll, her mm-hmm. uh, caretaker, is she's asleep and she's cuddling with Pen Pen. Like, Pen Pen's got his mm-hmm. head like her shirt. And I re- literally typed, that's how me and my dog sleep. <laughs> <laughs> So he's got a pretty cushy life. <laughs> I feel betrayed. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We're gonna convert Pen Pen. We're gonna reappropriate uh, Pen Pen for our. We're gonna reclaim him, take him back. <laughs> yeah, but Chinji makes a meal for everyone, and they share it. He didn't go out of his way to make something for Ray, but he like made a complete enough meal that he had something for Ray when he realized she was vegetarian. He's like, here, have the, I made miso soup too. It's completely vegetarian. Please try some. Um, and that sets up what should be our payoff. Uh, later, Ray will try to set up the dinner and it will be very heartbreaking when it does not happen. Yeah, I guess this was a little sad for me because like she tries the miso and like really likes it. I'm like, has she never had fucking miso soup, which is like the most basic thing in Japan? It's like, is she just in there eating pills? Because that's what we saw. Well, I think Gendo doesn't like miso. And so it's never served at his table. And he's the only one she shares meals with. Gendo likes pills. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Well, when when we had that first scene of her and she was just like in the dark in her room, I just wrote, that's a vibe. And uh, I was like, I can't really say anything because how many times on the phone, Alex, have I been like, I haven't opened the windows at all today and none of the lights have been turned on and it's working. <laughs> so like, I'm not going to judge you too harshly. <laughs> a little compassion goes a long way. Okay, so the field trip is cut short because we get another angel attack. And this is our bomb angel? Yeah. I wrote creepy drawings. I wrote, yeah, I love these creepy drawings. I think this is when What's-Her-Face has a flashback to when, like, the impact thing happened. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, this montage of creepy drawings. And, like, they look like creepy children, like, angels. And they're all in, like, red and white. And I was like, this is this is the imagery that I'm here for. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it is like a child trying to describe the events. Yeah, I loved that. But yeah, the angel looks like a big black scribble covered in eyeballs. Accurate. Um, and I do enjoy like when they're in like the command base and everybody's talking about this, but they are talking about it like so, so calm. Like, I mean, I get that these happen a lot, but they're like, this could like level the city. And they're just like, okay, well, we'll just do this and it'll be fun. <laughs> and I'm like, I feel like y'all should be a little bit more amped up about this. <laughs> and some of them are like Ritsuko's like, I hate your plan. We need to come up with a new plan. And Misato, this is a bigger, like an episode long thing in the show, but like Misato's pulls rank. She's like, I'm the military officer here. I don't care what the scientist, the head scientist has to say. This is what we're doing, which is pretty accurate. But this, but even that conversation that they have, it's still in very controlled emotional tones. That's true. They're very professional women, Tanya. They don't have time for emotions in the workplace. Silly me, I, I'm just being hysterical like all women ever. What, we can't handle crisis. I'm just oh, saying, no. can't you be more like Misato and Ritsuko? Yeah, no, my bad. I'm sorry. 
let me tamper down the emotions. Oh my god. We get that line uh, from Shinji about smelling uh, Ray and maybe his mom in the cockpit, which is, you know, a little mm-hmm. foreshadowing for anybody who hasn't watched the series. But who the fuck would watch this without watching the series? Me! <laughs> <laughs> they do the whole running thing. This was beautifully animated in the show, and they really took their time to be like, this is a big action sequence. Let's do it again, but bigger. Mm-hmm. And so not only do they run, but like oh one i think like runs up a bunch of plates Mm -hmm. i wrote at that point this is my favorite mario kart level (laughs) yeah (laughs) because it's very like the the f-zero mario kart (laughs) levels where you have to like go around the edge again this felt very roller derby to me yeah There's also another sick guitar solo here. So just like, yeah. I kept track. Uh, this thing is just a bomb. It just falls. Uh, Shinji gets to it first, blows out his Ava's arms, keeping the thing up. Asuka tries to stab it. And then it takes all three of them with Ray being like, I got the core, stab that shit to get it all done. Uh, that was a really good impression of Ray. He sounded oh, exactly <laughs> um, This is like the happiest moment in the movie for me because the three of them like they're yelling at each other but they get it done they like they work as a team and it takes all three of them specifically and it's hard for all of them and i'm like okay well that's where camaraderie and bonding happens like in the trenches right and so i don't know i just really like the moment uh this is this is the one this is the angel in particular that my note said this angel looks great i'd let it wreck my city with all the damage and destruction that did happen did we really save the city i mean they probably lost like a quadrant (laughs) instead of the whole thing 25 percent losses is pretty good and they did have a montage of people evacuating yeah no they made very quick and i you kind of have to like love and hate the efficiency of the evac because it's like oh you guys do this like oh it's thursday (laughs) better evac (laughs) gotta get out of here uh but yeah like that city is react and then my follow-up question was so does now everybody goes to therapy now right yeah i don't think the population is really nerves primary concern but you know this is tokyo 3 by now they've got this shit yeah i mean they've already had tokyo 1 and 2 like (laughs) (laughs) uh okay so they yes they all go into therapy gendo gets that's shinji's therapy is one word of praise from his father Mm. Over the phone. It's not even in person. No, there's no time for that. And it even says it even says audio only. So he didn't even FaceTime him. He didn't do anything. He was just like, oh. you did it, kid. It's the attaboy. Uh, yeah. Shinji says he's going to pilot the Ava for his father. Asuka says she's going to pilot her for herself, that she does. But like something tells me she kind of pilots it for her mom as like this way to make her mom proud to like make that relationship work. Uh, well, let's ask Tanya. What was yeah. her impression? I didn't get any impression about Oscar's mom. I didn't even know she had a mom. I thought she was like <laughs> wow. the rest of them. It was just, I thought this was like every Disney character ever. whose mom yeah. was just dead. The doll is her mom. Well, <laughs> <laughs> this is really, this is a fairy tale about a girl trying to get a spirit of her mom out of a doll. Um, well, <laughs> Oh shit. Oh my god. I nailed it. You did. You did nail it actually. I'm so proud of myself. Uh, yeah. Oh, I that was so weird. I didn't know she had a mom. 
Well, okay, so to be specific, she doesn't have a mom. I mean, not anymore. She is a Disney princess because her mom is dead. Right. And it is not explained in this film, and it is not really explained in the show, but it is implied heavily in the show that her mom is the Ava that she pilots. Like, the Avas are a big body, but they require a soul. Right. So I'm glad you brought that up because I have a question about that. Did they abandon that aspect of this for these films? It seems like it, and I hate it. Yeah. I think that was one of the best choices. There was, like, real consequence to the kids piloting, and there was real, like, stakes to, like, okay, it has to be you. I'm sorry, but this is the only way it works. And then also it makes the it makes the Ava's getting damaged more impactful if there's yes. like some soul attached to the Ava. Because right now, to me, as an outsider, they're just random robots. And so who cares if it gets damaged? Like, right. yeah, it costs you a trillion dollars, but whatever. Well, I mean, so, but Shinji does say that it smelled like his mom. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I don't really like it if they're abandoning it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So... Mm. Shinji cooks a meal. She he starts cooking lunch, I think, for Asuka. Um, and then he makes octopus hot dogs, and <laughs> it's real so cute. cute. He puts yeah. eyes on them. It's that, that is the extra step. That's the details. It's the details that matter. Yeah, I make them for my kids. Oh, that's so. Cute. I don't do that. I don't do the eyeballs though. Who's got fucking time for eyeballs? Shinji, and he saved the world. So I don't know what you're <laughs> All right, Shinji's better than me. Um, okay, so uh, Misato has a scene with Kaji. He's being a douchebag, but you know she still has some feelings for him, and she's definitely everyone in this is lonely. So you know, <laughs> he has the line, "You're less sexy when you're stressed." dickhead uh and this is where we get some pretty sweet panasonic product placement because her laptop is a panasonic they're probably still trying to stick it to sony okay so uh ray is absent again this is a common thing with her um she's very she's a special student you know uh gendo often calls her away to float in a tube I don't know why she's floating in this tube naked. She can't have clothes. She has to be naked. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it disrupts the tube to have the clothes, okay? Right. She has this meal with Gendo, and he does not serve her miso soup. And then we move right along to meeting, really, because we got our cold open where we didn't know who the fuck she was. But now Shinji, our stand-in, our main character, meets Mari. And Mari is spectacularly parachuting into the compound uh nerve has radar everywhere but cannot fucking yeah has no idea that this person has showed up so this is i think this is meta i mean she's crashing into the story Mm. literally on top of our main character yeah Mm -hmm. she uh lands boom first onto his face Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so this is where i decided she's not trans yeah, that would have fucking hurt like hell. <laughs> well, how much? Well, how much time period is gone by since we saw her? Oh, she could be on the progesterone stage yeah. now. So mm. I, I, it doesn't. It doesn't completely shatter your theory. Yeah, but uh, this is the most like commenty and egregiously fanservice-y because, like, not only is she a schoolgirl, she's a Catholic schoolgirl. Perhaps she has like. <laughs> A fucking pleated plaid skirt on. Like, what are you doing here, Anu? Yeah, when I parachute into covert 
operations. And she even says, you told me to like do this covertly. Like I make sure to wear my Catholic school uniform. And then when I'm searching for my parachute, I make sure to get on all fours Mm -hmm. for so long. She does that (laughs) for for so long. (laughs) Then she smells him. And that's also weird. She's like, you smelled it. Girl, what are you doing? So Asuka is very you know, forward and brash, but Asuka has a lot of issues that she's working out, right? And most of her brashness is like a front. And when it gets down to it, it's not, it's not, it's ugly, right? It's, it's uh, like, we don't like to see her lashing out like that. It's because she's in pain. And Mari feels more like, oh, this is a fantasy. This is not like a real person that we're showing you. This is something we're, Again, parachuting, crashing into the story. Mm-hmm. So there once was a theory that these movies are like the alternate reality, uh, the world like that, say, Shinji may have created for himself. Mm. That's yeah. Specifically, like a very timid, troubled kid like Shinji. What better fantasy than like a really cute, sexy girl to come falling out of the sky that could rescue him from all this shit well honestly it like kind of helps out with like i've got a note like two scene later that i'm like why are all the girls into this guy i get he's nice but like yeah uh mari uh oh and and when shinji meets mari when that scene kicks over we see this shot of his tape recorder and we see it finally kick over to track 27 or in the series and in the film so far, whenever Shinji is listening to this thing, it's already it's always track 25 or 26, and it's always going back between those two. And this is the first time it kicks off. We're we're past where we were before. We're off the track. This is something different. Uh, so Mari is changing the course of everything. Yeah. Shinji talks to Kaji really quickly, and Kaji asks Shinji to protect Masato, which, like, he's protecting the city, like, Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> well, they also have a very awkward conversation before that. Oh, by the garden? No, it was, it was, it's still in the, I feel like, it, I feel like this is the same thing. It's the, where they're with the vending machines. And he's like, hey kid, do you want to date? Oh yeah. Sinji says, but I'm a guy. And mm-hmm. like, what's his face? is like, that's fine, which, okay, fine, whatever. But you are an adult and that is a child. <laughs> this is a child. Um, and then he gets like real close to him and like mm-hmm. almost kisses him. And then he's like, psych, which again you're an adult and that's a child and then the next scene is them in the garden together or whatever and shinji's like pulling weeds or something Mm -hmm. and the guy's like oh yeah i already paid you i gave you like that coffee or whatever and shinji's like i thought this was a date you agreed to go on a date (laughs) he was joking he was well shinji does not have good comic delivery shinji no he does not (laughs) which is another tick in the why are all these girls in them yeah but anyway, I still hate this guy. So okay, yeah. good. We all hate Kaji. He makes me ashamed to have a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, so Ray comes back to class, and she has made a decision to herself, and she starts teasing it, and she's like, "I want to make this fucking dinner happen, and make Shinji and Gendo fall in love, and they can be father and son forever and ever." She says it exactly like that too. And Asuka, she is changing her uh, view of Shinji as well. Um, And she's maybe considering like, maybe I'll do something for Shinji. And they may have different reasons, but they both want to do something nice for Shinji for whatever reason. And then we get our fucking title card. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) that was fun. 
Like, <laughs> like we get a title card an hour in. I love uh, it, don't you? Ashka is cooking, mm-hmm. which is the thing. Like, food is this big thing mm-hmm. that, like, we don't actually talk about. But, like, you know, he got her miso. And then the, both the girls are, like, trying to do cook-based things for mm-hmm. Shinji. Uh, but Asuka, of course, is cooking in a bra. Because why would you wear a shirt when you're cooking? But I, I just think that, I think it's interesting that, like, food is such a a love language in this movie without being talked about really mm, yeah. it's definitely a, uh, a source of like reciprocation and i mean is that really common in japanese society like is food like a really common love language and like acts of service but like words of affirmation and things like that not so much i have no idea mm. i just know there's a lot of cooking anime <laughs> <laughs> it's very popular yeah so when we come back from the title card unit four self-destructed when they tried to activate something on it boom it's gone in america somewhere and then the americans or the europeans or something they're like okay these things are too dangerous ship them to japan (laughs) which when would america ever be like something's too dangerous let's get rid of it uh they will send it to their allies be like you keep this here (laughs) not on american soil (laughs) no that's fair so they ship three and uh, they kind of tease. They show the same kind of uh, like the plane carrying it goes through a cloud and there's this electrical discharge in the cloud. Um, and that's how it gets infected with this uh, next angel. Oh, I didn't catch that. Great. Oh, awesome. yeah, it's very yeah. subtle. <laughs> like when unit three shows up, everyone who has seen the show is thinking, oh, shit, that scene is coming up. Oh, no where the fuck is toji but instead we don't check in with him yet and we see mari like staring at the city and i'm just like you're so out of place you were just interrupting everything why do you exist oh i i I felt totally different about that when i saw mari staring at the city and the wind blowing it felt ominous and eerie especially knowing the scene that's coming up Mm -hmm. like it just felt like the calm before the storm but it was a lot of fucking calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. Like we go from that to a lot more talking. And I'm like, oh, I think part of this could just be solved with editing. Like, you know, because we I thought that the scene with Ashka and her doll was way too early. I, I agree with you that I think that this shot does feel sort of like a pre-battle shot. Mm-hmm. So I think that if we just rearrange some of these scenes... And I think that even like, you know, Mari could stay in the cold open, but I think even if we push her past the cold open, like it gives us more of a through line with her. Yeah, we'll get that with uh, 2.23. In the, in the <laughs> next in the next iOS update. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, Amazon is editing the movies as we speak. God, don't say that out loud. Yeah. They're listening. What's oh, happening? So there's a SEAL council meeting and they're like, you have too many AVAs, you have to put zero zero into storage. And they're like, okay, this is dumb, but sure, I guess. You're not on our side, are you? Uh, Unit six on the moon is uh, nearing completion. Yeah, and they see Kawaru without a spacesuit, And he says to Gendo, hello, father. And I have no idea who this character is. And I was like, cool, moon boy. You should remember him. I think he was on one of the only episodes that you were on, the double episode. Yeah, that was so long ago. That was so long ago. That was a pandemic ago. 
was one whole pandemic ago. Well, I mean, half a pandemic. We're still in it, folks. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah don't you act like, like you're not. not in a pandemic. Um, but I think that we skipped a, a very minor scene. At least I have a note ahead of it Please. because I do have a. Oh, I love a green screen room, which is where that meeting takes place. But before that, we've got Shinji and the two other guys, and one of the guys looks over and says, "I never thought a square like you would hang out with us after school for snacks." And I was like, yeah, snacks are an act of rebellion. You're so edgy. But it also goes back to food being a love language because Mm. Shinji is hanging out with these two dudes and they're like, we're getting snacks. And it's just, I don't know. I thought it was cute and it was a bonding moment. Mm -hmm. It's very cute. Uh, We're trying to establish some earthly bonds for these pilots so that they have reasons to engage in all of this, you know, combat, which is really just suffering for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, except for Mari. Mari's like fucking all about that. She's shit. Into it. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. Yeah, yeah. Back to green screen room. <laughs> Back to green screen room. Yes. We get. I can't remember exactly how it happens, but like Asuka is also not cleared for piloting in O2, um, and that turns into the elevator scene uh, with Ray, which is. A famous scene in the canon. There's people who fucking think it's stupid. I think it's awesome. I love the scene. Yes, it's a way to save on animation costs and they let it go on. It, I think it's shorter in the movie. But I love the scene because it's very tense. And then they say some terse words to each other. And then it erupts almost into violence where I think Asuka tries to slap Ray. Mm-hmm. And she catches it. And then they like both see that the other has bandages on. Uh, I think Asuka has like ones on her fingers because she's been cooking. Uh, and does Ray have? Ray has a bunch of bandages on her fingers. Okay. She had bandages on her fingers before. And Shinji said something about it. And she is very elusive as to why she has them. And then she has even more in this elevator scene. Yeah. And I just like that moment where they catch it and you're like, okay, no more fighting because you two are suffering you're both suffering for this like you're both you both have these bandages and you're both trying to do new things for shinji so like maybe this doesn't have to be a competition i like it yeah i imagine a lot of fans were probably disappointed by the changes in this scene um they felt purposeful to me like in this movie like asuka does change i think more quicker Mm -hmm. i think that that's i think that that's part of my issue with asuka in this I can see the character development they're going for. I just don't think it's earned yet. Right. And I, but I kind of felt like that with a lot of these characters. Like I kind of felt like I, I need, I need more of these characters. Yeah. And Asuka specifically is introduced now. Like right. she wasn't in part one. Right. And I just, I just think that like, I don't, I don't have enough character development for her. Like that's fair. Okay. Uh, okay, so Masato learns about the dummy system through Kaji, and then we find out that, you know, Ray has this plan to invite everyone to dinner, to do this party, but we learn that the Unit 3 test is gonna be on the same day. And so Asuka is, like, skipping the party and being a really nice person to, like, I guess it would have been Ray or Asuka to do the test. And because Asuka can step up, like Ray gets the opportunity to supposedly throw this party. And honestly, I need to see that scene. Whether it's just Asuka going, going and saying, hey, I know that this is the test. I know that this is, I'll do it. Because my note is, is the implication here that she stepped up and did it? Because it's not explicitly said that she stepped up and did it. And I didn't know if it was just randomly assigned to her 
or because they do say like, oh, the testing is on the same day as this dinner party. And then suddenly she's, she's getting ready to test it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I needed to see a scene of her making that decision and having that conversation, even if she puts the front up mm-hmm. for the conversation. Yeah. So no, I totally agree with you. Like there could have been something yeah. there, especially after the elevator scene where they look right. at each other's bandages. So you can mm-hmm. have that thing be like, Hey, I'm going to pilot. Oh, three. And it doesn't even necessarily need to be a whole scene. She does have this like phone conversation and she could have just said very plainly over the phone conversation. Thanks for like volunteering to do this, Asuka. Okay, great. Yeah. And uh, we actually see Toji's sister on screen, which never happens in the show. Uh, and so this is the change here, Tanya. In the show, mm-hmm. uh, it's Toji who pilots O3 and gets taken over mm-hmm. and beaten to death or beaten to a pulp by uh, uh, Shinji in O1. And so when it shows her, it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Oh, no, bad things are going to happen to Asuka. Uh, And then it goes straight from that into this like awful. She has this new plug suit and she's like, this is an awful plug suit. Who designed this thing? And I'm like, yep, thanks, Otto. I'm glad she said it because like one of my notes was, oh, I'm glad we gave her a butt crack in this suit. Like, did we really (laughs) need that fucking detail? But so I'm glad that she even said like, this is a little skimpy. It's very fan servicey. It's I didn't think it was funny, especially not this time, because it's like the third or fourth time in the movie that you're like, haha, here's a joke about it. And you're like, okay, but it's still happening. It's not a joke anymore. Yeah. So I hate her plug suit. They do the test, but the angel is in the Ava. It blows up the testing facility. It almost kills Misato and Ritsuko. And then the angel is in control. Oh, and I thought, I don't know if something else happens in the third film, obviously, but I thought they were also combining two angels from the show because there's this angel that takes over O3 and later on there's an angel that psychically attacks Asuka. So I felt like this was like- One and done it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Shortening everything and be like, well, if she's on this, it would be able to psychically attack her, blah, blah, blah. And we'll just have a quick scene of her screaming in the void. Uh, I thought it was kind of sad that this happened to Asuka the way it did because, you know, she was being introspective and, you know, vocalizing different aspects of her personality. Yes. And then like, oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, like when this whole system activates, like it's clearly not supposed to happen like that. You know, she's like adrift in space and like you can see that the panic mm-hmm. on her face. Okay, so uh, this happens again. Gendo orders the dummy plug to activate so the dummy plug activates it subverts shinji's autonomy um and he has to be party he has to be inside the eva while it murders his friend right and i never thought about this scene before in the show but like it's not just shinji's autonomy that's being subverted like it is also asuka's she's not trying to fight him in this other eva so it's like two different forces both weaponizing children yeah, and like that was one of my notes for the scene. So first of all, this was like my favorite scene in the show because I am screwy in the head and that's fine. Oh. I love the imagery of the angel Ava slowly zombie walking. Like that like slow, steady walk of just like going through electrical mm-hmm. wires, tearing down stuff. And like Shinji and his Ava is just standing there like, oh God. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just a good, it's it, the pacing of it is good. It's like, it's creepy. And then there's like this weird harpsichord children's choir 
singing over this brutal battle. Mm -hmm. And I did write, I was like, it's interesting that the two Avas are being controlled. And mm -hmm. at this point, neither side is better than the other. Mm -hmm. Everyone is awful. Mm -hmm. And then it just like, Shinji's Ava just starts eating the other one, just straight up eating it. And so I was like, oh, the other one had the zombie walk. The other one had this like, just zombie whatever but it is the like shinji ava that turns into the zombie and starts eating its own kind essentially i mean i know it's an angel and ava but like not really yeah yeah yeah. they're both avas definitely yeah and it ends with shinji's ava standing and there is a rainbow behind it and i was like oh yay god's promise of peace wonderful mm -hmm. it's absurd right i i really liked this scene it was my favorite one just because there was like a lot of good imagery um and then i I finished it with, so everyone gets to go to therapy now? <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> no, nobody. Uh, so like, this is how war is, right? Weaponized children on either side, you know, like what is a zombie? It's like a shell of humanity in just the way they're both like, as you said, Alex, like it's a violation for both the pilots and I guess. I wanted to ask both of you how you experienced specifically um, the dummy plug taking over Shinji's control, because my recollection of the series was that it was more uncomfortable. I mean, they didn't spend as much time on it as in the series. So it definitely it isn't the slow burn, awkward, like, oh, what's happening? Oh, my God. Oh, you have to stop because they just didn't have as much time in the, the movie, I think. Since I don't have the reference of the other scene, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to me, it still seemed like he was very actively in it. Like it was not his control, but he was still uh -huh. very actively in it because his hands were still on the controls and he couldn't move his hands. So he yeah. was still there and he was being forced yeah. to watch it. I remember like the screen being there, mm -hmm. kind of, like trying to like not look at it. Oh, okay. So yeah, it might've been more brutal in the, in the series of like his forcement into it, but like, I still thought it was pretty impactful. And, okay. And then you have these, adults safe in their little tower just oh yep. yeah making decisions so great i don't know i guess i had another thought but it's maybe too provocative for an anime show so. <laughs> nothing's too provocative for an animation the the children's song you know juxtaposing the innocence and violence and then specifically think of like child soldiers it just made me think of like the propaganda that soldiers repeat you know like i'm defending my country i'm i'm fighting for your freedom <laughs> no you're not i'm not under attack my freedom's not being threatened well it's being threatened but not by anybody that you're pointing a gun at yeah uh the the music that you mentioned a second time it's not the same tone but um it reminds me of uh godzilla when they are surveying uh -huh. the damage of the city it's like a news yeah. broadcast um, and they're showing like people with radiation burns and it's all this horrific imagery. Yeah. But there's this children's choir and they're singing a somber song, but it's this like children's uh, girls choir in the background set to the like this horrifying imagery. And you're like, mm. I don't know how to feel right now. <laughs> like, Well, it's also like very, I mean, it, it's a little bit of a throwback to Mari at the beginning. She's singing a very child like mm. song. She's like about to go fight this angel. Mm -hmm. That's going to cause a bunch of destruction. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Okay, so Shinji decides to take his Ava down into the geofront, and he's like, I'm going to kill everybody mm -hmm. here because of what you just did. And Gendo's like, okay, 
override his autonomy again. <laughs> Just make him pass out in the plug, which is, you know, great fucking parenting. <laughs> like... If your kid is unruly, just knock him the fuck out, right? Yeah. But Shinji, this is like a marked change in Shinji, right? This is the point of no return. There was this hope that Ray had of like, maybe I can bridge this divide. Maybe they can have somewhat of a normal relationship. But that's it. It is over. Shinji is ready to kill him. Uh, and they're not going to see eye to eye again. We also get this thing that we definitely did not get in the show that... The cassette player was Gendo's. Oh, I, I didn't mm. know that. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where it said, but I made a note of it specifically that the cassette player was Gendo's, and so it is this heirloom, and it may be the the thing that he that reminds him of the last time he felt like he maybe had a normal relationship with his father before the death of his mother. Oh, that was probably in the train scene because we do get that little like he's on the train and there's like the, yeah, which I I think that was one of the episodes that I guessed it on was the train scene episode. And so that's why, that's why I remembered that one. Like so much. I was like, Oh, right. Like, yeah, it's just him talking to himself sort of (laughs) weird, (laughs) whatever. But yeah. Uh, Okay. Asuka is still alive. Gendo is still a dick. (laughs) Join us next week. Uh, Shinji is relieved, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Misato, speaks to him freely and is like hey no one can tell you to pilot the ava and we all want you to pilot the ava but i understand you gotta go and he's like all right yep i'm leaving fuck off like this is not for me and of course just as he's leaving boom angel attack right because why why wouldn't they we don't have any time to lose we gotta get to the end of this movie well so the thing is like okay so when he so there's a there's the like kind of fantasy train ride that he has with like his other self or whatever and like the 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 fantasy train ride person that he's talking to is like did you even try to understand your father we're we're past that (laughs) we are past trying to understand father and then like yeah in the conversation with his dad like you have to realize your dreams through hard work and sacrifice. And I was like, what sort of American propaganda is this? Like Mm -hmm. I hate this so much. Like this Mm -hmm. is not acceptable that's what kids get told though yeah and then you know he he does get on the train or whatever and there's there's some like voiceover as ray is like looking at his walkman i think and it's like she didn't stop shinji from leaving and i'm like that is not on her (laughs) uh yeah him coming back is a very different experience in this one so the Fucking angel shows up. It's this like floating coffin thing. Um, it has this like face like none of them have had before. It's very like death mask, almost human. And it is the most powerful thing so far, right? It's got to outmatch all the angels for it. Uh, this was one of my favorite angels in the series because it was like a video game boss angel where it has the powers of the previous bosses that you've already fought. Mm-hmm. So it sort of looks like a mummy at first because it's like, mm. you see like these like wraps, but then like the wraps mm-hmm. start moving and making arms and stuff. So like, yeah, I really like the design of this yeah. one. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. They, uh, they tricked me because Mari's thing goes berserk. Yeah, I'm like, Oh, this is it. They're going to just use this trick to annihilate this angel. Like, no, <laughs> It didn't go that way. Yeah. Mari does the meta thing, the coming in from nowhere thing. And it's like, here I am to pilot zero two. And you're like, how did you get in there? How did you sync up with it? 
what the fuck is going on? They even say her comms are down. They're like, oh, whoever's piloting this, like there's no communication with them at all. And I'm like, how mm -hmm. does she have the technology to override that? Yep. It's like she's shoehorned in. Weird. I think Mari is Anno's savior from Evangelion. Oh, I guess so. I thought she was more like a statement on like, just this is like what fans want, or this is what the corporation thinks fans want. Uh, I think Anno wants to be done with Evangelion. That's fine. Good for him. Yeah. You should have fucking stopped after the series. Like, it's good. <laughs> I have enjoyed these films, but I'm mm -hmm. still not convinced that it is a good thing that they exist. Yeah. Well, I don't think these movies exist for anybody else besides Anno. I think he made the original series for himself. And then I think it became his curse. And like everything he does is being compared to Evangelion and that he just wanted to like be free from that. Hmm. I think that's what this is. Like this is Mari. And what does she do? She kills an angel. That's like the skeleton of angels. Uh, and she just comes out of nowhere. She's just like this living deus ex machina. Oh, well, that's very bleak because she fails. She does not kill the angel. Yeah. It takes and... everything she has <laughs> and it all does not work. That could be, again, Anno's perspective. Okay. <laughs> Do you think that she might be like their critique on the Mary Sue trope? Mm. A flawless female coming in and being able to like, she has no weaknesses. She has nothing. She's just great at everything and swoops in out of nowhere and kind of saves the day which again she doesn't really but she's still like she does the berserker mode thing and like it probably would have ripped apart lesser pilots to do that and she does it and she lives through it and speaking yeah. of o2's berserker mode don't you have a little toy of that blixa i do can i see that real quick sure Oh, cool. Dope with all those yeah. spines. I think it's dope. It's pretty monstrous. <laughs> yeah, we love to see it. I love the spines mm. because there's they look like uh, nuclear cores, right? Right. Well, so they look and I know that this maybe maybe they were maybe this was modeled after these, but they look very Horizon Zero Dawn. Hmm. I don't know that one. The, I, the, yeah, the a lot of the robots in Horizon Zero Dawn, they have these cores that are like sticking up either on their backs or in hard to shoot areas. And like the easiest way to take them down is to hit those cores. Mm, <laughs> smart. Yeah. So anyway, she's berserk and I love her, but she's berserk. Ray is also able to get zero zero to work. Uh, but the two of them together in this triumphant, I'll carry the bomb and you tear apart the protective bubble moment. Like it's all beautiful, but it's all for nothing. It, it doesn't take down this angel. That was the second time they fooled me. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's going to work this time. No. Mm -hmm. uh, it does do this weird, interesting thing, though. The bomb does more than it does in the show. It blasts away part of the physical form of the angel. And then it uh, doesn't it eat zero zero and start yeah. reforming its body in the image of Ray. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's really creepy. OK, home stretch. Yeah. Mari should be passed out, should be in therapy now, but instead she's got to go fucking find Shinji. Um, and this like berserker mode, beast mode zero two, uh, it looks like the old fire giant designs from Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind, which was a fucking Ano 
uh, like it wasn't his production, but like he animated these yeah. like fire st- giant scenes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But she does. She finds him. Mm-hmm. Sitting alone in a room, listening to a woman who sounds like she's about to introduce the purge. <laughs> it's like the it's it's the like the safety system that's like everyone, please evacuate. The town is going to perish, and it's like the purge <laughs> will start in twelve minutes. And I think in the show, Shinji goes back on his own. Instead, in this one, Mari, our like woman from the sky, grabs him and is like, "Nope, I'm bringing you back. Here you go." Go pilot the thing. And he does. He gets into the Ava and he does his best and he runs out of energy, just like in the show. And then I guess the spirit of Yui or the the Ava itself awakens and activates and is like, I don't need no energy. I got unlimited energy. Let me tear this thing apart. One thing that did not happen in the show, which I really enjoyed in this, was that the uh, Zero One, the Ava, it does the angel, the eye blast thing and like does the cross explosion. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Well, I love that the doctor at this point is like, no, if he does this, he'll lose his humanity. And I'm like, we are like four pilots yeah. past that. No, nope. like yeah. Ray is Ray has lost her humanity. The Mari has gone berserk. Asuka is like in a tube somewhere. Like at this point, like whatever, just go, yeah. just do the thing. It's fine. <laughs> They'll start caring about these kids now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, in traditional anime fashion, we start going cosmic. Mm-hmm. What is it like the heavens are opening up or something? Yeah, because it's like the Ava interfaces with the angel, which is not something that's supposed to happen, right? Mm -hmm. He gets a halo. That's cute. Yeah. And it's kind of like, oh, well, these are the two sides of the divide, right? This is like the spawn of Adam and the spawn of Lilith. So they're not supposed to get together. And when they do, it's like, oh, here comes third impact or continuation of second impact is what Masato says. But Shinji looks like he uses whatever this phenomenon or this like process is of consuming the other angel. He uses it to uh, exact a miracle, right? He rebirths Rey uh, and saves her from, I guess, inside the angel, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, Again, she's naked. He's not. He could have been naked. Why not in the plug suit? Doesn't matter, but no. We'll just have Ray be naked, whatever. For for what reason? Like she. Well, that's her soul, though, right? It's not Ray, uh, like her I, physical body. I think it's her physical body. He's like gripping her. Like I thought he saved well, her. I thought I don't know. Like her. the heavens were opening up, and then he that's starts true. tearing into this core. So I, that to me was like reaching down into the underworld. And I will say, mm. if it was the yeah. only time that a girl was naked, I would accept that answer. So <laughs> we've had so many naked women before this, I will not accept it. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Okay, but we have this ostensibly happy ending where, okay, we stopped this angel from killing everyone in the geofront, and I got Ray back, and maybe the world is ending. But then, oh no, here comes a new challenger. And Kawaru descends in unit 06? Yeah. Okay, sweet. I mean, Mari's five, so I think that he's six. Right, 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 right. Okay, Mari's one at the beginning was five. Okay. And even her even her suit when she, like, goes into two, she's wearing her five suit. The five. Oh, five is like a two upside down. Ah, very clever. Yep, it sure is, Alex. You did it. <laughs> okay. Oh, is Ray like, a giant now? Because when she gets pulled out, she's the same size of an Ava. Yeah, she is. 
Yeah, but then there's another shot of Shinji just holding her. So I thought that it reformed into like the Ava-sized her, but then he took the human-sized her out. I well, it was the Ava that was crashing its hand into the core that started to take human form, including Shinji's human face mm. that went from white and then peeled off to red. Maybe we have maybe we have a fifty-foot girl now, and that's fine. I mean, did Shinji turn into his Ava? Because I don't know. Like the hug scene looked like Ray hugging the Ava. Sure. I have no idea. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Okay, I'm really glad that we, none of us know what's going on. <laughs> it's okay. We got a third one of these to get through. No, we got two more to get through. So, like, we'll have some sort of closure, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll explain everything at some yeah. point. Yeah. Anna will wrap it up in a nice little bow. All right. So, I'm going to say a few positive things about this. Please. Series. All right. So, Ano, uh, one of the things that uh, put him on the map was like his amazing choreography. Mm. And, you know, he can't direct every episode when he was doing Evangelion the series. Uh, so it felt like he brought what people were hoping he would bring to this show. Like, because all the action scenes were really amazingly well done. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I like for the criticisms that I do have, I like genuinely enjoyed it. Like, I think that there were some really good, like, again, I love that one zombie-esque fight. I think for me, the issue is editing and pacing, mm-hmm. which is, seems very silly to say because the movie's two hours long. So <laughs> like you would think that you had enough time to do all of this stuff in two hours. Mm-hmm. But again, when it, when it sounds like you're basically trying to fit an entire show into a movie instead of doing it that way. Like I kind of understand where, what went wrong with the editing and pacing, but like, I just think that like, if we had more characterization for some of this, then I think that it would land a little heavier, but like, you know, bird's eye view of it. It's not bad. I like it. Um, I just, you know, there's, there's the fan service stuff that I have issue with. Yeah. I just think that, we, we could have done some things a little differently. Yeah, it's not quite tuned to, like, I think it does have, and we've said this before, I think it does have an audience of people who have already watched the series in mind. Um, it is not catered to hit all of the important emotional beats. Because, like, you know, I'm filling shit in. You're like, yeah. Asuka has a different last name. I'm like, no, she doesn't. What the fuck are you talking about? And I go <laughs> look it up. And I'm like, oh, she's not. Oh, I guess she's not. German. Well, then nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense anymore. <laughs> nope. Right. Yes, but it 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 is visually stunning, and there are some interesting things, and I think that they knew more was coming is to its credit, because they're like, okay, people have all these questions, and some of them will be answered, but like we have a lot of intrigue now with Mari, and yeah, you know what's different. So. This sort of ends all of the overlap with the series now. Oh, everything's going to be different now, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, I look forward to getting into that, too. Okay, Tanya. What? Do you have any recommendations you could give? It doesn't have to be anime. Is there anything that you would point people towards? If, if people like the mech designs in this, especially O2 Berserk Mode, would you steer them towards Horizon forbidden yeah. westward expansion 
Horizon oh, yeah. Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So if you're into video games, I just because you're into anime doesn't mean you're into video games. But if you're into video games uh, and you haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn or the sequel Horizon Forbidden West and you have mm-hmm. PlayStation, I urge you to do it. It's my absolute favorite game series. And I will say one of the reasons why it's my favorite game series is because... Uh, Aloy, the female character, is her body is very correctly proportioned. She is correctly dressed. <laughs> a rarity. It is, unfortunately, <laughs> as if as a gamer who's been female, it's not your whole great. life. My whole life, <laughs> it's not great. It's always been a problem. If but if you do like the mech designs, like of the robots, like you're not gonna get like you know mechs like this. But you do get to fight some robot dinosaurs. Mm. They've got some real great designs in there. And, you know, all of the characters are very diverse, very fun. That game series means a lot to me just because I feel like it fixes a lot of things that I previously have had an issue with gaming. When you said robot dinosaurs, I do know this series. Yeah. Mm. It's it's a somewhat recent game, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, Horizon, the original came out, I want to say like four years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And then the sequel just came out uh, this cool. year, PlayStation 5. What can uh, what can you tell us about the mech designs in Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs> so you joke, but uh, the company that I work for, Silicon Valley Shakespeare, they did before I got out here, before I started working for them, they did Pericles in space. <laughs> what? Uh, and so they did Pericles, and a bunch of the different cities were modeled after different uh, sci-fi or fantasy genres. And so uh, there, so you you can you can do it. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. If 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 there's a concept for Shakespeare, my company has probably done it. Well, I want to know more about lesbian Romeo and Juliet. Whenever yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a pitch forwards. real quick if you got it. Oh, okay. Uh, this is a downer pitch, so we're gonna get okay. we're gonna get serious for a second. So the reason this is why a downer I, ending to the movie potentially. So this is good. No, the reason. Um, so I had this concept back in college, which we will not talk about how long that is because I'm not dating myself. Um, but it is to me. So I have cast Romeo as a woman. And to me, the actual heart of the story is not actually Romeo and Juliet in this version. It is the complete um, unacceptance and homophobia that their families have. Uh, mm. Because unfortunately, teen suicide is already a big thing in America, but teens in the LGBTQ plus community, they have a higher uh, suicide attempt rate. And then when you compound it with a family who doesn't accept them once they come out, it doubles. And so to me, the message of this version and this story is actually, this is the very real and very sad consequences of what happens when your children Mm -hmm. come out and you don't accept them. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really, it's a really important message to me. And I think specifically because I live in the Bay area, Bay area is not perfect, but we do get in our bubble. And we think that the rest of America is as progressive and accepting as we are. And I just don't, want anybody in the Bay Area to forget the struggles that our comrades are going through. And so that's the downer message of my story. But I just really hope that it resonates with people. And theater, very often we pat ourselves on the back of being very accepting and very open. And, you know, we're for everyone. But I can't tell you before the pandemic, I can't tell you five shows that featured LGBTQ plus leads. Mm-hmm. They are always relegated to a supporting or maybe they're coded that way and it's not specifically said, mm-hmm. but 
as the theater community, we need to start putting our money where our mouth is. We can't say that we're like this accepting bastion of like whatever, if we're not going to tell these stories. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, uh, I love that. I, I feel like it's so important because like one of the crises in America is like the othering of people and those who are comfortable othering are just very less likely to actually meet face-to-face someone and accept their humanity. It's more likely that they could digest a story that could humanize somebody. And that feels like a really optimistic gateway for me. Mm. Again, I realize that doing this in the Bay Area, it may not be as powerful as if I did it back home in Virginia or whatever. But I also just like, you know, if any teens come to see the show and they're like struggling with this, I just want them to see themselves like mm-hmm. it does. There is a part of me that hates that, like my my first chance of directing a story like this comes in a form of a trauma story. Mm-hmm. I do wish that I had the chance to tell a happy ending story. But unfortunately, the way theater goes is people kind of pick their season and then you kind of as a director, like, I have an idea for this. And Mm -hmm. so it just so happened that a trauma story came up before a happy ending story, but it is definitely my intent and definitely like something that I'm passionate about of making sure we tell the positive stories too. Well, that was wonderful. Any, any other orders of business? We, we just covered uh, movie two and next we're going to cover movie one. No, we're going to cover movie three next time. These do not come. These will come out in order. But we're not just, recording them in order. I just oh, yeah. want you to put them out in record order. No! <laughs> God, yeah. Fucking kill me. Okay. Um, All right. Let's do it. Pen. Pen. Pals. Mari. Mari.